Do macros confuse you? Do you have no clue really what they are or how to figure them out, how to track or any of that? Well, tune in to this episode where we will cover all the basic information you need to know on macros. Stay tuned. Does your metabolism suck? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Do you want off the diet roller coaster? Do you wish there was a simple solution to get you healthier, smaller, and have more energy? Hi friends, I'm Jolene, a nutritional therapy practitioner, a wife, a furry gardener, and non-bendy yogi. Like you, I spent years chasing skinny instead of health, until I finally learned there was more to getting healthy and smaller than just eating less and moving more. Welcome to Holistic Health Made Simple Podcast, where I share all the tips, tricks, and science to set you free from the overwhelm of diet culture and the frustration with the ever-changing health rules. I go beyond the calorie and diet dogma to equip you to be healthy through simple changes to real food, mindset, and lifestyle. Are you ready to learn how to tailor your journey to you and your current health for solutions that are broken down into simple steps to make it easier to implement? Results that are undeniable, like more energy, improved mood, better sleep, and fat loss? This is the podcast for you. Pop in those headphones, take a deep breath, and let's get healthy. Hey, hey there. Macros. Probably one of the few things that is so simple, yet we overthink it to the point of making it beyond our comprehension. What is a macro? Macros are macronutrients, which are the big chunks of where our energy comes from. We've got carbohydrates, protein, and fats. They all do different things in the body. So we're going to break it down one by one, and then we're going to go over percentages and other things of that nature. First up is the most controversial macronutrient at the moment, carbohydrates. For every gram of carbohydrate you ingest, you get approximately four calories. Carbohydrates are either simple or complex. The simple is everything that immediately turns to some form of glucose in your system. The complex is those that are loaded with fiber. Now, carbohydrates are controversial because... They are truly non-essential. That means you don't need to ingest them to survive. You will live quite nicely without them. Does that mean you should avoid them? No. That just means your body can make them or make the little bit it actually needs to survive. Carbohydrates are generally where a lot of your micronutrients are, so you don't necessarily need to avoid them unless you're having issues with them. What carbohydrates do in the body is three things. They're either burned for fuel, especially for a quick fuel source. They're stored as glycogen for a quick fuel source later, or they are converted and stored as fat. That is carbohydrates in a nutshell. And now we're going to tackle protein. Well, I know I did a whole episode on proteins, which I will link in the show notes. For this episode's sake, let's just break it down into the basics. Like carbohydrates, proteins come with four calories per gram of protein. They are basically composed of amino acids and polypeptides. They can either be complete or incomplete. Complete proteins generally only come from animal sources. Incomplete comes from plant sources, which means you have to combine them to get the complete amino acid profile that you are looking for. What it does in the body is, it's, or how it's used in the body, is it's used to build structure. It can be converted to glucose if needed. That's how we get the glucose we need from the car- without carbohydrates. But 
Amino acids are not stored, which means they circulate through the body for about 24 hours and then generally are excreted through the urine. So it's a macronutrient that could be used for our benefit, especially in the form of weight loss. But the primary focus are functions of proteins, which these, this is where it's important that we're getting in good quality proteins is it's the building structures. It builds your hormones, your neurotransmitters, and it helps build enzymes. So without getting in and ingesting complete amino acid profiles of proteins, we're not getting in the necessary building blocks for our body. And lastly, or not lastly, but next up is fats. Like protein, I did an entire episode on fats, and that will also be linked in the show notes. But the basics on fats. For every gram of fat you ingest, it comes with nine calories. It's one of the reasons why the old saying, fat makes you fat, well, it's just calorically dense. It doesn't actually make you fat. An energy surplus will make you fat. But that's not for this episode. The metabolic options or what it does in the body is it's burned for fuel, it's used to build membranes and hormones, or it's actually stored as adipose cells, which are fat cells, to be used for fuel for later. So when fat is used for fuel, it is a long-term fuel. It's slow burning versus carbohydrates, which are quick burning. So being able to use both is actually really good for you. It builds all your cell membranes and hormones. That's what you gotta remember. So we need to ingest fat so that we have the building blocks for our cell membranes and our hormones. We wanna make sure that we're getting in a good balance of saturated, polyunsaturated, or monounsaturated are the forms that the fats come in. So we need to stop fearing the fat and realize that our bodies actually need them to be healthy. Now on to a often overlooked macronutrient, or should I say under-discussed, alcohol. Alcohol often is confused as a carbohydrate. It is not. It is a macronutrient of its own. It comes with seven calories per gram of alcohol. And the reason why it is a macronutrient of its own, besides the fact that it has more calories than carbohydrate, is alcohol is considered a toxin in the body. There is no primary use for it. There is no method to store it. So the body will take any alcohol and process it first to get it out of the system. So that if you have your drink with a meal, that glucose spike is actually coming from the meal and not necessarily from the alcohol. The alcohol is being processed as fast as the body can to get it out. Then it will go back and process the other macronutrients. Just so that you know the order of which things are processed. Alcohol must be processed first. Glucose is processed second, then protein, then fats. That is the oxidative process of the body. So we got to remember that as we're um, ingesting things to know maybe what's going on, what we're seeing, and what's happening are two different things. Now that we understand how many calories come with each macronutrient, what each macronutrient does, how do we figure out how much we need? So on a protein level, we need anywhere from one to 1.2 grams of protein for every pound of ideal body weight. So if you're overweight and your target weight is 120, you'd use that 120 versus maybe the 180 that you are today. 
We want to make sure that we're getting in enough protein. It's very satiating, so it will help with everything else, and it gives us the building blocks we need. Something to always remember when it comes to protein. It is stable. Your needs of protein do not really change dramatically unless you increase your physical um, exercise a lot. Otherwise, that 1 to 1.2 grams per ideal body weight should always remain the same. Even if you're in a cutting phase, like you're trying to lose weight, your protein target remains the same and it's in grams. Never look at percentages. We'll go over that in a minute. But I want you to remember, your protein needs do not change. When it comes to fat, I'm going to be talking and in terms of a minimum fat intake. Remember, we need fats for a healthy body. The minimum amount of fat you should be intaking is 0.25 grams per pound of body weight. That would be your current body weight weight. Now fat is one of those things we can use a little bit like a lever. So you never want to go below this minimum amount, but depending on what eating style you have, the upper ends can change dramatically. If you're eating a balanced diet and you want to have mostly, you know, a protein, carbohydrate, and fat kind of a nice balance, you want to hit the fat at that, that anywhere from 25 to 35%. But if you're doing something like a low-carb diet, that percentage is going to go up higher and higher and higher. So you need to figure out where that lands for you. And the two numbers that will flux will be the carbohydrates and um, fat. And we're going to go right into that because your carbohydrates are basically whatever you have left over. So if you're trying to do a balanced diet, you pick, let's say you pick 35% of fat you need 2,000 calories, that's 700 calories of fat. You deduct whatever protein number you came up with, and then together um, you take it and you figure out what's left over, and that's your carbohydrates. The reason why it starts getting confusing now is depending on what kind of eating style you want to eat. If you're eating primarily whole foods, you may not necessarily track fats or carbohydrates after this. You might just track your protein, make sure you get the minimum fat, which isn't that hard to do, especially if you're eating a omnivorous diet and not fearing the fat and adding in salad dressings that are full fat and all that and staying away from fat-free things. And then you can just eat kind of intuitively. Now, if you want to try lowering carbs because you have some glucose issues or you're getting there or you notice that you're having these energy drops, that's when you start targeting and balancing out the fat to carbohydrate ratio. And once you figure out how to balance that and where you feel best, because some people are gonna feel best having a lot more fat and some people aren't. They're gonna have to balance that out. But the bottom line is you wanna get the minimum calories for your size in. Based on the work I have done, I can guarantee you that many of you think 1200 calories is acceptable for a grown woman. It is not. On occasion, sure, but not on a regular basis. So the first thing you need to do is figure out your TDEE, which is your total daily energy expenditure. Now, when you go to look on Google, I'll actually link it in the show notes. I won't let you search. Just go find the TDEE calculator that I put below. Use that. 
And when you're in a dietary phase, like dieting, not dietary, dieting phase, you want to stick to about a 15% deficit. That is a healthy deficit that will help you lose weight at a rate where you're focusing more on fat loss than weight loss, and it'll be much more sustainable long-term. So now that we kind of kind of know how to figure out our macros, you need to understand when you're tracking, you should always really be tracking in grams. And there's a reason for it. As you eat, if you're only looking at percentages of things, they go up and down and they change dramatically each time. But your grams equal the calories. So if you focus on hitting grams versus calories, you will always be within your caloric range and in your grams of fat, your grams of protein, and your grams of carbohydrates. There's not this random variable that at the end of the day, all of a sudden, you only eaten 50% of your protein because you weren't paying attention and you were only looking at percentages. So always, always track in grams and the grams of protein or the grams of carbohydrates are not the weight of what you're eating. It's what's inside the food. So getting a good um, tracker, I suggest chronometer. It is phenomenal because it does not show a bunch of crappy entries that other people have entered incorrectly. It only shows you stuff from databases. So the information tends to be a lot more accurate. There is a freed version and a paid version. Um, I believe the app is always paid, but I think it's something like $2.99. It's worth it. And that would be $2.99. Um, It's very much worth it. It will also help you figure out macros if you really want it to, but I suggest overriding it and putting in your basic caloric needs first and then having it help you maybe figure out the differences. Um, Put your caloric needs in, put your protein grams in, and then you can play around with the other two. It's actually very, very good and it asks you lots of questions so it can be incredibly helpful. It also tracks micronutrients, which we all know When I started this, we want to look at micronutrients as well. That's why I say carbohydrates are not the enemy because there's a lot of micronutrients we get out of them. Honestly, I don't like to say any food is bad unless it's like Oreo cookies. That's probably one of the few things that I will always say is bad. And it could be because it is a huge binge trigger for me. So I stay far away from Oreo cookies. Now, now that you know what macronutrients are, kind of how to track, and kind of how to balance them all out. If you would like weekly tips, which I give regularly, make sure you head on over to holistichealthmadesimple.com and get on the newsletter list. I also let you know when new podcasts drop and when I have new events happening, either clean eating challenges, membership, courses, whatever it is at the moment I'm offering, it will always be in the newsletter. And coming up on this holiday season, there will be some free things out there that you're not going to want to miss. So make sure you join up on that newsletter. And honestly, don't let these macros scare you. Focus on hitting your protein. Prioritize your protein. I can't say that enough ways. Always focus on the protein first. And then Figure out the other two on where your body feels best and where you reach your goals, which could be two different things because you might mentally feel better one way, but you're not going to be able to hit your goals. And that's where you tweak it little bits at a time. Um, big tweaks sometimes make you feel, don't not feel too good. If you make small tweaks, you can feel a lot better. 
So on that note, learn macros, learn to track them, use it as a temporary tool. The worst thing I could ever imagine is having to track every single thing that goes in my mouth for the rest of my life. I personally actually had to stop tracking. This is a little story um, a while ago. I didn't realize it at the time until about six months in after two years of tracking. There was six months I wasn't feeling great. But what I didn't realize is I was obsessing about hitting the numbers. I am a data person. So those numbers would just, I, I would hyper focus on all the numbers and m- matching all the numbers, making sure I hit my protein goal exactly, my fat goal exactly, my carbohydrate goal eh, with intolerance. I was never concerned with my top carbohydrates, but I wanted to make sure I hit my fat and I make sure I hit my protein. But I was obsessive about it where I realized that at eight or nine o'clock at night, I was making whipped heavy cream so that I could hit my fat goal that there was something wrong. So don't let it take over your life. Use it as a small tool. So one, you can know how much food you really need measure and weigh out the food because a lot of us have no concept of serving sizes. And then I track randomly now just to make sure I'm eating enough because I was a chronic under eater and um, I want to make sure that I'm getting in enough. So every now and then I'll switch to three to four meals a day to make sure I'm getting in enough protein to make sure I'm getting in enough calories because I am one of those that I and I get busy I just don't eat which is not healthy either because I'm still drinking things or having little bits so it's not like a fast it's actually messing up my metabolism and spiking insulin in a different way which is not healthy so on that note friends use the tools in your toolbox. Macros and tracking is one of them. Get familiar with it, but don't obsess about it. Okay, on that note, friends, be healthy, be well. I will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and it provided value that you can take into your own health journey. I would be incredibly grateful if you could help spread the word. Share the podcast with others that will find the information as helpful as you did. It's through your support that I continue to grow and bring you more amazing content. If you have a spare moment, I would truly appreciate it if you could leave a review. Your feedback means the world to me and it also helps others discover my show. I read every review and take your suggestions to heart, so please don't hesitate to let me know what you think. Remember, you can stay connected with me by following me on Instagram or visiting the website at holistichealthmadesimple.com. I love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to reach out and share your thoughts, ideas, and even suggestions for future episodes. Once again, thank you for being part of my community. Together, let's keep spreading the knowledge, inspiration, and great conversations. Until next time, have a blessed day.